right, what's happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney, alongside all the boys again. We got Jay McLean and Tom. How was everyone's weekend? What's happening? Good. All good, brother. Good, good. Good one, my friend. We uh we got a we got a big week. We got a lot to talk about. There was a, a lot going what, on in the what's world. What's going of on golf. this week? Uh we got a few things. We got a lot that we have to discuss from the previous week. A lot of news stories, a lot of golf going on. And then we have a, a big a two. Let's let me rephrase that. So we have two big events this weekend. Uh two different opens. A massive week on the golf calendar that we'll preview. We'll preview later. So but, um, we do have a do have a lot of golf to discuss in, in various various forms. We're gonna we're just gonna kick it right off with a Clemson Tiger, Lucas Glover. I don't know if anyone knows that I went to Clemson. I'm a big Clemson Tiger. I'm not sure if we've talked about that at all. I never mentioned it. No, I could, I, I'll, I'll mention it now. I went. I to could Clemson. tell from the accent. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's where I I learned, bless your heart. Um, But Lucas Glover, Clemson Tiger, great, wins the John Deere Classic this weekend um, with a uh, a great final round, 64. And I'm going to be honest, guys, I had club championship this weekend. I saw a little bit Thursday, Friday. I saw almost no golf this weekend because I was a little tuned into our club championship, which shout out uh, Mr. Ren Schiffman. Uh, a good buddy, great member, champion. Uh, we'll be on a on a little golf trip here with with Jay and I in a, in a couple of weeks. So, congrats to Ren. Great playing this weekend. Grueling, go, Ren. grueling fifty four holes over over two days. You know, ninety five degrees and humid yesterday. So, shout out Ren Schiffman. Anyone in the Richmond area, go see him at Schwarzschild Jewelers, and he'll give you a great deal. Tell him I sent you. I, I saw the <laughs> <laughs> hashtag. Tell no him I sent you. Hashtag no free ads. I, I, I was just trying to screw Ren, having to give free discounts. Love that. Hey, I'm, I'm looking to him to help me out something soon anyway. So long story short, I saw that it came down to the 54th hole too. I think I think Ren has qualified for a little excerpt here on the podcast. I think we need to get him on to relive his 18th hole moment there at the Foundry to clinch the That's club right. championship. It wasn't a huge clinching effort. Um, let's just oh. say his, his opponent struggled on the 18th hole. Let's but, get, can, can we get a can we get a very quick recap? So Ren Ren uh, shot seventy second round. Uh, started the third round with a two stroke lead. Uh, kind of played some really solid golf. Oh, I, I, I'm going to say solid golf through twelve holes. I believe he was even par and had only made uh, three pars. Wow. Yeah, it was. He went on a stretch for about seven holes where he didn't make a single par, and it was like bogey bogey birdie bogey birdie birdie bogey birdie it was uh it was a lot of geometry on the scorecard let's just say that and trying to long distance he was trying to dial long long distance we know all about that on this podcast and uh he was tied with last year's uh champion and defending champion austin gray came down to last hole all square and ren was able to make a par and get it done so there's your little little recap course played great it was awesome shape but uh i feel bad for those guys because it was hot out there yesterday to play 36 holes so they were they were pretty beaten up with that being said ding ding come on, ding. Come on there you go it took you long enough mclean come on <laughs> it's a little slower down here in florida i don't move yeah. quite as fast <laughs> i did not see much of the golf but lucas glover wins final round 64 
which is very impressive. Birdied five of the last seven holes. Nice up and down out of the bunker. Saw the highlight uh, on 18 to secure the par and a two-stroke victory. He has been, you know, I, I follow Lucas a little bit just because he's from Clemson. And, you know, he won the won the Open in, what was that, 09. Had a couple other wins. Then kind of fell off a little bit. And but the last couple of years, he's had a little bit of a resurgence and hasn't won, but has put up some pretty good finishes. Just a solid, solid ball striker is I kind of get a little anxious watching him putt sometimes. I mean, it's it's as close to a yippy putting stroke as there is out there right now on tour. But just like kind of Jay says, he's a great ball striker. It's going to put him up there and then. He was, I want to say, 19th in strokes gained putting this weekend. On Sunday, he was fifth, right? So he got hot enough and wins a golf tournament. Yeah. Yeah, he, he I mean, he switched to that arm lock putting. I mean, I, I, if they if they keep using it, which I'm, I don't, I think it's fine, but I know a lot of people, we've had this discussion over about whether it should be banned or not, but it has certainly helped guys like this. And we've seen it with the belly putter helping some of these guys who have struggled with, you know, whether it's... It, you know, we can dive into it. I think some of these these yippy strokes they stem from maybe poor mechanics, and it becomes a mental issue, and then and then this you have this motor pattern that's created, and that there you go, and it's hard to get out of it once you have it. But it completely turns a one eighty, goes to this arm lock, and now he's able to hit some of these putts and make a little bit more of a consistent, smooth stroke. Where you 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 mentioned it. I mean, if you watch him, it's like outside of five or six feet, it's actually it's fine. When he gets inside yeah. of those th- that range, like two, three, four feet, where it's like he knows that everyone thinks he should make it, that's where that an- anxiety kind of pops in. And, and I'm not criticizing him at all. I mean, we all have our things, and it's you know I have stuff like that too. If you play long enough, you, you build up enough scar tissue. But this has seemed to really make the difference for him because, <clears throat> like you said, Mike, he's one of the best ball strikers on tour. I mean, he always has been. I mean, pure always compresses it, drives it straight. I mean, you look at his his stats. You know, T to green strokes gain off the tee. He's forty second. I mean, strokes gain uh, T to green. He's forty ninth. I mean, you put you put a guy like that who's always in the top fifty strokes gain, and now he gets gets the ability to have has a good week putting. I mean, he's going to be right up there close to the lead. So I don't know. He's he's always been a cool cool guy. And uh, real down to earth, and it's cool to see he's, him kind of. Yeah, he's he's very team. down to earth. I've had a chance to meet him a couple times at Clemson, and just as nice as can be, yeah. down to earth. Um, so it was. It's always hard not to not to root for him. Tom, what what is this? I mean, I want to. You may know more about this because I know you were with Nike for a while. Um, what's the story with him? And I know his previous wife they're not married anymore and she is apparently not not all put all there i think it's they had some issues i mean she is i I don't know the whole story but i know you were kind of you want you want to say she's batshit crazy is that what you want to say i mean it sounds like she was i mean she's been arrested (laughs) hasn't she for trying to like yeah yeah now was this here i know what you're talking about now i don't remember is this the wife he has now is this the second or the third no, I well, I don't know that. See, I don't know is, that. So I know that there was originally was one that he split from when um, I was at Nike, and ended up being with someone that worked at Nike, 
Um, I don't know if they ended up getting married and she became the crazy one, or I don't really know the details, but one of his wives <laughs> is batshit crazy. And to the point where like, I mean, yeah, he had to, I mean, call the police. Uh, it was, yeah, she was guy. arrested. Yeah. Are you looking it up there, Mike? So I just, I just got a quick blurb here on Wikipedia. Uh, they have two children. Krista was arrested and charged with domestic violence in resisting arrest in Ponte Vedra during the 2018 players. So not that long ago. Holy cow. Okay. So that Man, was, his, a, that was the original, that was his first wife with who he had the kids with. Sounds like it. Sounds yeah. Like it. So another slightly, since we're on the top, on the topic, um, his estranged father graduated with my parents from Wilmington, Ronnie Musselman, and he took his mother's name, Glover, and is estranged from his father, who is from Wilmington, um, North Carolina. Really? Did not know that. That's... Didn't know that either. But I, I will say this on the backside of that. I love the way he hits a golf ball. It is so natural. I love watching him hit short irons. It's so natural. No glove. There is just, it's such a natural movement. I mean, I know I've said that three times, but I don't know of a better yeah, way to is. describe it. It, he he puts the club where it feels right. He rotates those hips so nicely and traps that golf ball as good as anyone, and then gets the club to a beautiful finishing position. How about how about the fact that you mentioned it? How about the fact that he does not wear a glove and one in the rain in the rain with no glove in the rain with no glove, and and not only that, but it on the back nine it started raining, and that's when he made five birdies in a row. Whatever grip I mean, he's that's, playing, that's, he's making a commercial off of that. I don't know if it's Golf Pride yeah. or Lambkin or yeah. Ionic, whatever it is, but there should be a commercial being made off of that right now. They're missing. What's up with it. the What's up with the Clemson boys not wearing gloves? Jonathan Bird, Lucas right. Glover. I mean, what's what's up with those guys? You couldn't afford to get them gloves or something. <laughs> Just tough. Just real tough men down there, guys. He does. One of my favorite things is it's he's very he's got an old school game right now. Obviously, he's putting not now, but. You know, the lag, um, it's, I mean, definitely, I mean, the no glove kind of fits into that, right? He's, he's a field player. I mean, he's one of those guys, I think we've talked about it in weeks past, you know, like I love seeing guys like that that are a throwback. Um, yeah. And, you know, they just, they're, uh, they're disappearing every day. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's always, it's kind of, it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch some, but I tell you what, this year, and I'm, I'm sure Mike or McLean, you probably already know this because you guys are, you know, the stats, but, how many 40 and olders have won this year on yeah. the PGA Tour? I mean, it's been either you're a young stud or you're 40 and older. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a handful. Crazy. It's been um, quite a bit. Um, they've been, I mean, obviously the Stewart Singh, Lucas Glover, there's a couple other older guys that have won this year. But um, it's Bill. fun seeing some of these these guys, like, still still make a run. I mean, you got, uh, I mean, this is Corn Fairy Tour, but Tag Riding's won. He's, I, I think he's 40. He's mid to early forties. So uh, real, real fast on the whole wife situation. They're no, still no. married. They're still oh, married. Yeah. So oh. then it must have been the second one. It was just happened in 2018. They have since renewed their wedding vows and put the incident behind them. But not only did she attack him, she attacked him and his mother running around the house, calling him a loser because of his poor play. <laughs> I mean, well, so ultimately, if he had played a little better, we wouldn't have had any issues. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> but now everything's really, going. It's on Lucas. Just, everything's just, going great now. He's been playing yeah, better. Right? Yeah. He's been playing better. Ooh. Okay. So maybe they didn't split after something happened at Nike. Um, yeah. 
I don't know. I know he started practicing again after Krista came out. Yeah. I mean, so he hey. shot he shot 78 in the third round of the players, and they had a 54-hole cut, which he missed. And Glover told the deputy his wife was yelling at him, calling him a loser whenever he played a poor round. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's I mean, so brutal. <laughs> so brutal. How do you call the cops for that? My wife is mean. Like, I mean <laughs> so oh. then the wife called 911 for some reason, claiming that the mother attacked her, and Glover got on the phone and said, my wife has gone crazy. Wow. Really? Sorry. This is, I, I totally forgot about she was some of the hammered details at the time of this right? story. Yes, I believe. Like I, I, I hope so. Hammered. I really hope so. Dang. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and we, I don't know all the details of yeah, this, this lady, but I will say that when you are in a position like the key is, anybody has like that moment that lapse of judgment and it, for us it's like no big deal nobody knows about it some of you, your buddies make fun of you or your wife hates you for a week but in their case everyone knows about it it's documented and now we're pulling it up you know it's just kind of you know it is what it is it, it sucks but at the same time you know lucas glover makes millions so yeah he's done okay business he's done okay i mean sorry i, I didn't mean to turn this into a uh, krista glover um <laughs> story here i, I was just, curious i mean you know he just won i just didn't know what the what the the status was of that i knew there was some some drama there uh he has to be so relieved when he plays well and he goes home oh thank god yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna get accosted by my wife and get called names when i go home yeah you know it's a little extra motivation maybe yeah be careful what you take a sip of when you get back if you miss the cut yeah. all of a sudden you can't breathe I don't think she wants to kill him though, because then that's kind of hurting her too, you know. Like, unless she's got a good insurance policy. Very, ooh, very true. Maybe that's part of this whole thing. <laughs> good gracious! I mean, let's think about it. the game's hard enough, you know. <laughs> and as a, as a pro, these guys are already putting enough pressure on themselves. And what's supposed to be a your 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 you know your support system, you know your yeah. safe place, is not. It's not. <laughs> hey, McLean, he lives in Jupiter now, so. I'll stop by. We'll be check careful. Be careful on. if you run into Krista down there at the uh, grocery store. No, I'm 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 going to find their house on Star Maps, and I'm going up and asking for an interview at the door. McLean Boyd here from the Emergency Nine Podcast. Krista, we've got a question for you. Would you like to make a comment? <laughs> if you play better, your wife's not going to kick your ass. Simple as that. I have to remember that for this weekend. Uh, yeah, she exactly. is she jacked? Like is she a big girl? Like she like doesn't look, no, 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 it does not look no, very. I didn't know if she was like a. Maybe she knows, like, you know, karate or something. You never know. Taekwondo. Here's, yeah. I mean, a Come woman who's, who's, she can who's drunk, if she's drunk and she's coming at you and we can't do anything, you're going to lose. I mean, <laughs> you just need to leave. Uh, he is taking bullets for his mother, too. He had to step in. Gosh. Man. That's a good good dude right there. That's right. <laughs> um. So do we want to do we want to talk about the golf other than? His yeah. ball striking, lack of putting, and no glove. Nope. We're good. What else did you guys? What else did you guys take I mean, away? That's a Ryan, Ryan Moore played well. I Kevin was surprised played well. Johnson didn't win. He faltered on the fourth day or the fourth round. But you know what? I was just happy to see. Hank Laboda is now on a seven for seven surge. Yeah, Hank. He Lebiota. upped his surge. Lebiota. Whatever. Lebiota went from a six for six Whatever. surge to a it's seven a for seven surge. I'm just Jeez. that's that's your boy, McLean. You're right. I did pick him. He's on fire. Six under in the final round to finish it. T eighth at fifteen under. 
I'm not. I'm not looking at any notes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not the PGA Tour app leaderboard up right now. Like uh, Tom's. Uh, Tom's man, Seamus Power. Seamus. Seamus. Seamus Power. No, he he, oh he told me he, get together he, he, he over some enunciations before we start next time, Mikey. No, no, he actually he told me this on purpose because that's what he called them last episode. He goes, I was uh, listening to the pod. And he's like, I, you know, I appreciate you guys inspiring me. He goes, it's Seamus, but you keep calling me Seamus, okay, Tom? It's okay. <laughs> I was like, Seamus, are you sure? He said, man, do what you got to do. Hey, he keeps cutting checks like he did last week. He'll let us call him whatever he wants. <laughs> didn't didn't Sebastian shank it on the first hole or something? Yes. Uh, I don't know if it was a first hole, but it was early. Yeah. He he was the only guy in the top 25 that did not break par. And he also has my favorite sponsorship. Oh, it's what Flex it, Seal. Flex, Flex Seal. That's right. <laughs> that stuff is amazing. Like, what, is, what does he say to his agent? He's like, hey, Sebastian, I got a great one lined up for you. They're going to pay you $1,000 an event and eight rolls of Flex Seal <laughs> per event. Deal. I mean, Dude. if you have a leaky boat, you're covered now. I just want Dude, one of those boats that's cut in half and then just <laughs> flex seal back together. It's we like got, we got one of these with car top carriers. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were driving across country to see Aaron's uh, family, and a friend of ours gave us this brand new car top carrier. And they're like, here, we're not going to use it anymore. We got another one, a nice one. Take it. We put it, I put it on in their driveway latch it all down and then the kids were the babysitter and Aaron and I were going to go to dinner like all right let's go to dinner so we go downtown Aaron pulls into a parking garage oh geez and goes in and hears all this screeching and I'm like oh my gosh I was like you honey just ran in the car top carrier is on top it's smashed so it was on top it was on top so she backs it out and I get out, it's all kinked in. I get home, pop it out. I spray some of the flex seal on it. I tape it up with the flex seal on top. You can't even tell that there was a, a crack. I mean, it's it's perfect. Nothing gets wet. Hey. I mean, flex seal is the real deal. Hey, hashtag real no deal free flex ads. Seal. No free hashtag ads. Hashtag no free ads. But it's good. I'm just saying. There you go. I'm just saying. It's kind of like that old dead wing sauce. <laughs> Unbelievable! I can't remember what the tagline was, but it's real good. <laughs> I was like, "I need another bottle. I need another bottle." I just finished it. I had two bottles. They're gone. Um, so let's talk about the Scottish Open. Sort of. I actually did see some of that more than probably more than John Deere, in all honesty. But um, playoff bunch of big names over there playing in that event way more bigger names playing in that event getting ready for the british which they usually get a really good field over there for the scottish open guys went over early to play and kind of get accustomed to the weather and the time change and probably the food but um min woo lee wins in a playoff against matt fitpatrick thomas uh but the kind of the bigger story is some of the names just behind Ian Poulter playing well, trying to make a Ryder Cup team uh, from West Texas. Ryan Palmer goes over there, plays well. John no Rahm. Surprise there. No, no surprise there. I was waiting for you to chime in there. John Rahm, obviously, number one player in the world. Although, did I hear he lost his number one ranking and DJ didn't even play and DJ has it back now? 
I think that's right. Yeah. But by, by one, if he had finished at 17 under, he would have kept the, he would have kept it. That's yeah. just, just stupid. Anyway, basically finishing T four would have kept him at that. The whole, the world ranking system is so bizarre. It, yeah. it's, um, it's, I don't know how you finish top 10 in an event with a very strong field and, lose, and the other guy doesn't play and you lose your number one ranking. So it's weird. It has to do on the either a one or two year calendar year. So yeah, it's a two year calendar. So what been, fell off? So whatever happened. So two years ago, DJ must have won the same week. The only the only way that it would have or Rom lost points, right? Or Lom ha- had a good finish, and those points came off his two year window. Exactly, something like that. But then behind him, you had uh, Justin Thomas played really well, sixty five on Sunday. Xander Shoffley uh, played well. Scotty Scheffler was up there. Everyone's favorite. Richard Bland played well. Yeah, the weather was pretty yeah. good all week, though, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was not much wind. There was no rain. It looked beautiful. It was, and it's uh, not. And it's not as tough as the Open. No, it doesn't. It didn't seem that much like a Lynx golf course. It was a little softer. It was softer. It seemed like a little more of an American style golf course. But yeah. Um, Rom did miss a bunch of shorties this week. I noticed. I saw him miss a couple. They kind of won. Well, they played like a little montage of a few. One of them was like an 18 inch putt that horseshoed back at him. I think it was on the 18th hole, maybe even on Saturday. But anyways, he's he's looking good. He's looking solid. We'll, we may talk about him when we get talking about the open preview. The, the bigger news that came out of the Scottish Open. I'm sure everyone's seen it by now. On Friday, the start of the second round, Rom. Rory McIlroy, they're on the 10th tee, waiting to start their round. Caddy, uh, Rory's caddy is there putting his bib on, and they're just shooting the shit. And some knucklehead, I'm not even going to use knucklehead because we're knuckleheads, and that's an insult to us. But some dipshit <laughs> walks, yeah, walks onto the tee box, nonchalantly tries to grab Rory's driver, just gets the head cover, club stays in the bag, and then grabs a wedge. And just walks over and starts like sets up the head cover and starts making swings. And people are just looking at him like Rory's looking at his caddy, looking at the guy, and no one's really doing anything. Weird. So, he should have speared him. I mean, yeah, I feel like Rory thought it was a prank at first that was like okayed by everyone. He's just like looking around, he's like, wait, is this happening? There's no way he could possibly fuck up my golf club. But then at the same time, when you watch it after the fact, you're like, why is no one taking control of this? Why situation? is no one doing anything? Why is there not security there? You're talking about the number one player in the world in John Rahm, Roy yeah. McElroy, and I think JT was the third player in that group. I don't think he was on the tee box yet. But you got three of the top, the three of the biggest names in golf on this tee box. First of all, why isn't Rory's caddy doing something? Well, that's what I would have looked at the caddy and been like, dude, would you fucking tackle him? Like, yeah. you're in control of my bag right now, dude. Get- Two clubs out of the bag, a head cover, and then a second club out of the bag. How and then, is that possible then like the that you starter like walks over there in a sport coat and like casually tries to talk to the guy. And it took a very long time for like him to get like well in and, custody. And, and look, I was it got to the point where I was like, go ahead and hit the head cover. Yeah, at this point, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and make it something. <laughs> and go ahead and make contact. Yeah, let's, let's make this something you should have been taken down already but the fact that you've gotten to this point the head cover should get it the head covers do- deuces let's so the this. only way they're going to tackle you is if you go out there naked like that's the only way like you're a streaker in the middle of the tournament and you're 
that's that's when they're gonna oh. that's when you're gonna get choke slammed by the security. But if you just casually walk up and just grab a club out of Rory's bag, you can make a couple of practice swings and just hand it back. It's no big deal. It's like, hey, hey thanks, man. These look nice. I like these. I like the bounce on this web. Yeah. Good. <laughs> nice head cover. Can I have yeah. this? Man, these guys, you just regripped these recently. It's like that. Do you remember that guy who uh, who who bought the warm ups for the Rockets? Maybe it was, and there was the yeah, hoodies, well, and he he walked out there with the same warm up on. <laughs> it's the he ultimate act. You know, the he, ultimate he, act, like you know, with confidence, act like you've been yeah, there before. Exactly. You know? and totally. He, he literally he walked out and made a couple of shots, and he's got this huge belly, like a pot belly, but he had the hoodie on, so like at first he blended in. He grabbed the ball, made a couple of shots, and I think that's what that's. If he could shoot, he would probably been able to stay out there a little longer. But he, his shot was terrible. Security guard came over and said, and basically looked at him and made him sit down. And I'm like, wow, he he got he got out there, shot a couple of shots, and all he did was just tell him to sit down. <laughs> he was like, oh, mission accomplished. I win. <laughs> you guys didn't take me to jail, so it was great. I just I was just like, it was kind of eerie, like watching the video. Somebody posted a different video that was like a longer cut from a different angle. And I was like, this is kind of creepy. Like, what what's happening here? Why is everyone's way too calm? Yeah. yeah. Way too calm. And like, I think golf too, they're these guys are more exposed than most athletes, right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Way more exposed. And I don't know. It's just I don't know <laughs> if anything ever comes of this. And I think maybe if it happened in America, it would have been a bigger story. No, I think security revisions have been made without question with the amount of um time that this got social media airing that this got i think security revisions have absolutely been made yeah hold on cut that let's run back that one time without the slur i think security revisions have 100 been made for this week i don't think they're going to allow that to happen again i think there's going to be a tighter eye because ultimately when it comes down to it the european tour was embarrassed oh yeah they, they should not have allowed that situation to ever happen. And the fact that they did and it got the coverage that it's gotten is an embarrassment to the European tour and how they protect their players. And the players union on this European tour should have a big problem with this, should have a big problem with this. I mean, if that was Tiger, think about it. Oh, Steve Williams back in the day. I don't think that would have gone. No, no, no. Same way. Steve Williams would have gotten arrested. He just, he was, but I mean, I don't, that's his, I don't say it's his job, but as a caddy, I mean, and if you're, if you caddy for a guy like a tiger, like a Rory, like a John Rom, part of your, your deal is, is bodyguard, you know? Um, yeah. But it, it's just the fact that they just kind of looked at each other. They didn't say anything. There wasn't like a, Hey dude, what are you doing? They just, kinda, no, they didn't say a word of the guy. No. I mean, yeah, I, it was, I don't know. It was like, I felt uncomfortable watching it. Cause I, I mainly was just like, I felt bad for Rory's caddy. I'm like, dude, you're embarrassing. Like, do something. Yeah. Like, I don't know yeah. if he was worried the guy if the guy had the had a gun or like or what. I don't know, but it was just like, what do you think Stevie would have done? Oh, uh, we were, we were just saying that you left. Thanks for rejoining us. Sorry, missed that. Sorry. <laughs> but Stevie would have punched the guy in the face easily in a hot second. The you guy was just—he just looking for opportunities to punch somebody. Oh, I love that dude. I think yeah. he's awesome. Me too, man. Did you see his know. name? His name got floated out there as a potential new caddy for Bryson. Really? They had like you know odds. what that that would be weird. I don't think Stevie would do that, but um, but it could be a good fit because he knows how to handle those type of 
those type of personalities. And it may be just the person that Bryson needs to be like, hey, dude, stop being, don't act like that. Just do what you do. You're well, great. They, the, whole, the whole Bryson PR train got to work this week. They, uh, if we want to switch topics just real fast, he, he came out. I don't know if it was a joint interview with him and Tim Tucker, but Golf Magazine had an exclusive interview about the whole split and it was kind of planned and they have talked about it for a few months now. And, and Tim Tucker's working on a, another business that has to do with travel actually kind of surrounded around uh banded dunes where he used to caddy from. And they had already talked to the guy. I forget the guy's name. Ziegler is his last name. I forget his first name. He's like a, a coaching assistant with Chris Como down at Dallas national and has been kind of helping out Chris who is Bryson's coach. And this guy's in some of the, the footage in the video trying to get Bryson up to speed. And they, I guess they've, he's been working with Tim Tucker over the last few months on how to caddy for Bryson. And again, this is the spin that was, was put on it. And this is the guy that's now on his bag. And there was footage of them, you know, working together to practice around yesterday or today, even at uh at Royal St. George's for the open. But I don't know. I don't know how, much of that was true and how much of that was just the agent PR, you know, spin cycle that these, these people do. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, this could be really interesting to see how that all plays out. You know I mean? Yeah. Cause it, at the end of the day, let's be honest, like if it's a good bag to have, you know, I mean, you've oh, yeah. deal with all the BS, but at the end of the day, you're going to make a lot of money. Um, so it's like, where's, what's the trade-off? You know, I mean, yeah. look, it could be one of those things where you, you take it and ah, I'll deal with this for two years and then go find somebody else. Totally. Right. I mean, it, it just kind of elevates your own status. I, I think all these caddies are, are dealing with, I mean, all these players, most of them anyway, are, you know, are probably a little bit of a handful to deal with anyway. Um, it, it, you know, and whatever that might be. Now Bryson's a different level, obviously, but um, I don't know. It, it just, it'd be interesting. I, I'd love to see one of the old guys, you know, like, you know, Lynn Strickler, who they called Growler, who's a Vietnam vet, you know, who caddied for some greats and won majors. Like, he, he would probably work because he'd look at Bryson and just, you know, let him have it, right? He'd probably just drop the bag halfway through the round, you know? Yeah, and and at the same token, the Bryson would be like, hey, dude, I don't care. Get the hell out of here. I'll get somebody else, mm -hmm. you know? I don't you, – Yeah, you, exactly, you, yeah. I'm the one playing, dude. You're you're the idiot just carrying the bag. You Tons know, of guys what, that would line up to make that's what, a million that's bucks what, a year. Yeah, that's what these guys are going to think. I'm not saying that's the way it should be, but I'm saying that's what that's the way these some of these top guys are doing. I mean, it, it you're you're right, 100. There's there, there's caddies out there that are re are really good at what they do and don't get the credit, and then there are a lot of caddies who are are maybe not strong enough to stand up to the player and tell them what they need to hear, um, and they just kind of float float around um, mm -hmm. and. It is what it is. I mean, caddying is, is tough for, for touring professionals. We're all, I say we, we're, I'm not anymore, but we're, we're all like, it, it's all you. You're into you the whole time. And if you're, you're, if you're really good at what you do and you understand it's a team effort, like then, then you, you get it and, and you guys have a good relationship. But if you're not and you're totally into yourself and you're the guy who floats through caddies all the time, um, it makes it it makes it even harder for you. I think you know you got to have somebody that you can count on that you that you've got their back when you know because they have your back all the time. You know you've got to be able to. It's got to be a little bit of give and take. And um, maybe Bryson will 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 lighten the load a little bit. It, and it's easy to do. You get out playing and 
playing poorly and you're complaining. It's like a sounding board. You're caddy. You're like, you complain. And that's what Bryson, I think, does. It's like, it's, it's his way to, to vent so he can keep focusing on the next shot. And Jordan Speed's kind of like that. They're just mm-hmm. kind of like anxious, anxiously talk and they just like, they get it out because that's what makes them, that gives them clarity for the next shot. And it's hard, man. It's a Bubba Watson's that way with his caddy. Like every time he misses a putt, he looks at his caddy. I'm like, dude, you missed a four footer. Not your caddy's fault. And I'm not blaming it on Bubba. I think that's just their relationship. That's what makes Bubba. That's your defense mechanism. Sometimes. Yeah, it's it's kind of a way for him to be like, it's not my fault. It's your fault. And then and if a caddy is good enough to kind of accept it and be like, hey, you know, it's worth it. I'm gonna make a million dollars. You know, if Bubba has an incredible year. I'm gonna make a million dollars this year. You know, and they just deal with it. Um, so everyone's different. Some caddies are like, hell no, I'm not gonna do that. But if you tell them that they're gonna, you know, make four, five, six hundred thousand dollars a year, then like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. deal with it. <laughs> I think they understand it's not personal and it's just, you know, you gotta yeah. let your guy. I mean, competition caddy is is, you know, I need to do whatever it takes to, you know, help my guy or gal play the best. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if it's you know him blaming something on me, so be it. You know, I mean, Michael Geller's yeah. just he's like the epitome. I think he's just a rock star. I love that guy. Like Jordan's over there doing all that nonsense he does and Geller just he just kind of he knows his role and he just he, takes it and he listens and he and um well I mean and then Bones and, and Phil are maybe one of the best right just yeah. they're you know Bones Phil wanted Bones involved and engaged into you know comment back and and whereas Michael Geller's just there to listen you know yeah and everyone's different I mean and and that's kind of that's kind of a cool thing for a caddy, even if you've got a, a player like Phil Mickelson. I mean, obviously, Phil Mickelson is you know arguably one of the best players to ever play. Um, not like Jack Nichols or Tiger Woods, but but in terms of money, I mean, he's way up there. I mean, he's, I think he's – is he second on the list of all time? He's, yeah, he's got to be. Second or third. I mean, but needless to say, I mean, he, he – you know, it, the fact that, that Mickelson likes Bones to give him that feedback, it's got to make him feel, you know, it kind of, it kind of empowers him as a caddy. Like, Hey man, I'm really involved here. Like, you know, we've got a lot of banter going back. He's like, I'm giving him feedback. He's giving me feedback. And you feel like you're making a difference. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're just the, you know, the typical old school, you know, you know, show up, keep up, shut up caddy. It's like, I didn't feel like help. It's like being a backup quarterback on a you know, Super Bowl team, you know? Yes. Did I help? You know, was I sending in signals to the to the quarterback and, and calling plays? And but I wasn't on the field, so you feel like you didn't really do anything, but you did. Um, and it's some of those guys who caddy that that are not as involved. Maybe sometimes feel like that, but Bones doesn't feel like that. He's like, man, I won six major. Well, yeah, six majors. Is it so? Yeah, what is how many? Phil's got seven now, right? No, he's got six now. He won five. With he's him. got six. So so Bones won five with him. I yeah, mean, that's. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So speaking of <laughs> speaking of That's a good awesome. a good player carry relationship, and we're gonna get back to Bryson a little bit in a different story. But Jim Furyk wins the senior PGA, and the only thing I really want to say about this is one: we all love Jim Furyk on this podcast. Yeah, right. One of only eight guys now to win both the U.S. Open and the U.S. Senior Open, which Didn't is a that. pretty pretty small list to do that, accomplish that feat. I didn't realize Fluff is still on his bag. <laughs> Fluff is 80 years old, isn't he? No, so he's not near as old as you think. Now he's no spring chicken. So they they I watched I legitimately I watched the last hole. I flipped it on. And you know, Furick goes in to sign a scorecard. So they pull Fluff aside to interview Fluff before they could interview Furick for the trophy presentation. 
And I'm like, holy shit, he's still caddying for Furyk? 73. Okay, I mean, 73. That's, that's, that's old to be caddying. What kind of unreal shape is that guy in? It's right. There's some great stories about him back in the day. Yeah, uh, I'm oh, certain that legendary. Well, he is a legend. I mean, he's one of the Look at the bags he's had. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that that and that early run with Tiger. I mean, he was in the middle of chaos when Tiger hit the scene. I mean, chaos. That guy's probably worth 10 to 15 million dollars from being a caddy. Hey, those are those are the bags that he's had. And if he's invested it well, it could easily be more. I mean, think about it. Jim Furyk didn't suck. Jim Furyk was actually a fantastic player. We're a huge fan of him on this podcast. He won a shit ton of events. Oh, guy was in career a, career money. And what is he? Uh, third or fourth? Third he's third or oh or yeah, fourth. he's got to be up. He's got to be on the top. DJ, him or VJ? I mean, no, he DJ went from is Tiger third. to Jim Furyk, and man, I mean, yeah, fourth guy, seventy-one is, million, seventy-one million. So fluff is probably like the highest net worth caddy of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Or bones. Yeah. I I mean, that's, it's insane. You know, all right. So I just, Joe LaCava, I just saw this one. You know, how old do you think he is? 45. 66. What? That can't be right. He's that old. I mean, he's older than you think. He's been he was caddying since the early nineties with Fred yeah, Couples. Yeah, but I mean, the dude does not look sixty six. He looks like he's forty eight years old. He does look like in great shape, but yeah, just from a a career standpoint, I knew he was kind of up there. But yeah, he looks fantastic. That's, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, Tiger could never have a caddy that's younger than him. That'd be an absolute shit show. I mean, I'm 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 just saying personality wise, it he. He needs somebody that has got expertise above what he has. Because if you don't, he's not going to trust you. Well, like, what's Joe Lacava doing right now? He's he's just hanging out. He's I think chilling. He, was he back on Freddie's bag for something recently? I th- he did. He did caddy for Freddie and something. Was it even this weekend at the U.S. Senior Open? Maybe. May have been. I know. I know. Recently, a couple of weeks ago, he caddy for Freddie and something, and he got. I mean, because that was the whole. That was the whole reason that Stevie and Tiger split. Stevie, uh, Stevie went to go caddy for Adam Scott, and then originally Tiger told Stevie it was fine, and then uh, Stevie went to go do it, and then he said, no, I don't want you to do that. And then he said, well, I've already told him I was going to do it. I, I mean, I've got to do it. And then that was it. Fired. It's like that. Done. 12 majors or 13 majors. And, whatever he, and, it was. He, and he stuck through and through all the scandal, too. Uh, the whole thing. That was very disappointing to hear. It was cold. I mean, that was, I think that was old. That was old Tiger. That was Earl Tiger. That was the, yeah, that's, a, well, that's a good way to look at it. That was Earl Tiger. That was the way like, Hey man, if, if they don't, they don't do what you want. You cut ties and let's move on. There's cold. Like there's no, there's no, uh, sense of, uh, friendship at all. It's like, Hey, if you didn't do what I wanted to do, we're out. I don't care how much time we spent together. Can't um, which is crazy. I, I'm, I'm just reading it, reading on fluff here a little bit. I love the guy even more now. He's born in Maine. He's a uh, congressional member. He's a member of congressional. Was a was an assistant pro at one point before becoming a caddy. He's a deadhead. You gotta love that. Oh, huge deadhead. He reeks with a deadhead. You could just see. Not, not yeah. well, He could reek, but uh, just uh, <laughs> just <laughs> looking at him, you're like, yeah, he's a deadhead. Reeks of deadhead. Anyways, so I was <laughs> sorry. Was, yeah, let's hold good. up those well, little tidbits there. I, I would guarantee Fluff gets high. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a so there's a good story. This is you know probably 40 years ago or something. He's um they're over overseas. I want to say they're like in Rome. He's through going through that airport and he's uh, who knows where he's going. Um, but he had uh before he came to the airport, he you know smoked a joint to you know knock the edge off. I guess to go get on this plane. Um, and he get in the airport and those drug dogs just were all over. <laughs> so they you know put him in the and he didn't have any you know didn't have any marijuana marijuana on him. So it's like, but it was pretty obvious that he had, you know, partaken. Um, so he ended up like having to like reschedule his trip. It was a kind of a big ordeal. <laughs> they, they detained him for a little while. Um, but can you imagine like, uh, you know, that's the, I mean, being, uh, being out of the country and, uh, and, and not having like the flight issues go right. I was in, I was playing the, PJ tour Latin American or the, yeah, whatever is PJ tour Latino America. And, uh, I was in Mexico city and everyone told me, they're like, Hey, Mexico city airport is an, is a shit show. Like make sure you stay on top of it. So what they would do to, to kind of deter the drug cartel, they would not post your gate until 45 minutes before the flight took off. So they gave you basically 10 to 15 minutes to get to your gate because they would close the gate 30 minutes prior to takeoff. So you had 10 to 15 minutes to get there. So this was their way to, to, you know, switch it up. So the drug cartel could, could not, uh, you know, schedule everything and manipulate the system. So, which sucked for an American idiot like me, who was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, everyone told me they, you know, they warned me. So I sat by this board and I was in Mexico city trying to go to like Ecuador or something. And, 45 minutes passed, nothing on the board. And I'm sitting there 35 minutes, nothing on the board, 30 minutes. And I'm like, I kind of go to a couple of the, you know, the, the, the desks there, a couple of the terminals. I'm like, and I'm trying to speak my broken Spanish, which is absolutely terrible. Um, with the Southern accent. Yeah. With the Southern accent. They're, they had no clue where I was from. They're like, what are you? You're like a weird enigma. You're like, country country spanish accent they were like looking at me like i was an alien so i'm I'm, i can't like i don't know how to i don't know what to do like i like i felt so paralyzed because i couldn't communicate and then finally i look up in the board and like oh terminal you know 52 and i'm like i'll run over there it's 25 minutes before my flight takes off i run over there and they're like oh it's closed like you can't get on and i'm like you just you just posted it like how else were we supposed to know where to go my ticket says c board or whatever in spanish and and i didn't know where to go and she was like no sir you cannot get on and that's my worst spanish accent but they i could i couldn't get on so i had to go back out into the main terminal by myself which was a nightmare and then try to purchase a new ticket to the same location and it took me like six hours. I got in like at 4 a.m. Barely. I don't even know how I got in. In Mexico City, which was like, it's not the safest airport to be in. And I didn't, otherwise I was going to have to spend the night in the airport. And I was like, I'm not spending the night in the Mexico City airport. Because it's, it's the, the city's so populated. It's not like our, the airports that we have here. I don't know if you guys have been there, but there's like seven terminals all spread out in the city. And you take these weird trams through neighborhoods to get to a terminal and like, you didn't know where you were going. I was like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm never getting out of this, this country. I'm done. It's I'm Mexico city. That's it. 
I'm yeah. thinking somebody's gonna put me in a suitcase or my mail. Yeah, in pieces and mail me back to my wife. But I I did make it out. But needless to say, it was I was I was a little panicky. It's a bad feeling. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, anytime nice. anytime you're having a conversation and you're talking about where the drug cartels involved, like that's yeah. I'm, I like I'll pass. What am I it's, doing? It's very different traveling in different countries, man. It is. It is hundred percent. But I don't know what we were talking about prior to that. But somehow we started. We started yeah, with that's with how we Bryce call and their caddy, yeah. and then we got the fluff, and then fluff was smoking a joint in Rome, and now we're you getting cut up in suitcases by the cartel. <laughs> I mean, it could have happened. It was close. It was. Close. It was sounded like it was. It was very close. It was really close. Yeah, they thought that I was the drug cartel with my accent. They were like, "I know who you are. This yeah. guy's not from around here." <laughs> So we're, bless we're, your heart. We're bless your one. heart. Yeah. Hey y'all. Hey y'all. Hey y'all. Hey, y'all. I didn't do nothing. It, it won't me. Won't me at all. <laughs> I ain't saying shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go from here. Where are we? Um, <laughs> Let's talk about the open. What let's, about the match? What about no, the match? Let's go into the, open. Uh, oh, the match God. was because we all watched it. We were all texting. Yeah. What are your What were your thoughts on it? Was it? I'll, I'll sum it up real quick. Okay. Aaron Rodgers is a stud. Mickelson's kind of a whack job. DeChambeau's a whack job, and I love Tom Brady, but what the heck was going on with his like whole? outfit like he was like his pants were too short his shirt wasn't tucked in he buttoned it all the way up and he played like crap well you know he just cares about winning super bowls oh god here we go he does but if you're gonna sign up to do a golf two-on-two golf match like let's go yeah i'm i'm with you i'm with you there but why is why is aaron Rodgers a stud he just he's i mean they won he made every putt that he needed to make did you see him throwing those balls uh, into the boat at Tahoe? Yeah, week? that was that was sweet. I mean, was that like 150 yards? It looked <laughs> I mean, so far. It could have been 150 yards. Might have been. I think player. it was over the mountains. Yeah, where they met. Pretty sure you can throw a pigskin over the mountains. We would have won state. And then I'm pretty sure you can water. lose in the NFC Championship game too. Okay, here we go. <laughs> no, I mean I love Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's the ultimate winner, no question. But um, I just I think my biggest takeaway was. Long as you weren't looking at his outfit, he was a winner. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady thought Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau are fucking whack jobs. Oh, hundred percent. They were like, "What are these guys talking about?" Like, hundred percent. Can we just go? I don't know. I don't know though, Mikey. I got to be honest with you because if all of a sudden Brady and Rodgers started getting deep into quarterback lingo, they no, you're right. You're absolutely right there. And DeShambo would have thought the exact same thing. They were looking at two experts in their field. Now, now we all know DeShambo is going into the absolute nth degree of his statistics and his commentary. And he was obviously trying to play it up a little bit. And Phil tried to antagonize it to get him to do so. So they all were put a little bit on blast, but at the same time, those two guys are nuts. You are absolutely correct. At the yeah. at the exact same time, though, <laughs> so are the other two. In well, their, so yeah, in their you're, respective fields. You're dead right. So what I what I took away from the match was all four of those guys are exactly what I thought they would be. Yeah, I didn't learn anything about those guys. Phil has diarrhea of the mouth. 
Yes. Tom's kind of funny, but a little awkward. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers thinks he's too cool for school. Yeah. And Bryson is cringeworthy. And that's kind of what I thought about all those guys leading into it. And, you, and the that, best cringeworthy moment of the day was on the very first tee box when Bryson tried to play a joke and he brought out a roll of duct tape and it fell flat with the other three guys standing on the tee box. No one knew what was happening. Did you guys see that? It was the very first no, tee box. He walks out. I was I had it on record. I had I had to watch all of it. Um, I had it on record. <laughs> so I, I started from the beginning and he walked. Oh, whoa, 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 wait, 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 guys. Like Tom's like getting ready to. They've already like announced him. He's getting ready to like approach this golf ball tee. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I just wanted to give you this, guys. It's a roll of duct tape. And like everyone's like, what, what, uh, what, what's that for? And Tom's like, is this for my pants? Because I split them last time or like it was just like. What oh was God. the purpose? Hey, hey Brian, it, it was, it was, I think, allegedly to put over their mouth so they could stop talking or something like that. Oh, that's that. Now, that, 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 like Bryce Flexi hey, would have been better. You're not, Flexi you're not funny. Been better. Yeah. Flexi yeah he, he's not a funny guy to begin with. So he's just, you awkward. gotta, the delivery, I mean, is not there. Uh, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. No, 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 no. You gotta, you gotta have some charisma. You've gotta have some personality. You can't be, you can't be. He's socially awkward like he is and try to pull the jokes. It's not going to work. And Phil Mickelson's kind of the same way. I mean, he has gotten funnier. He's got a little bit more of that shtick. in the. He's there gotten are, funnier. I definitely laughed out loud a little bit more to some of the Phil's comments. Um, you know what? I, I was going to say, the one thing that I did not realize that uh, Aaron Rodgers is way shorter than I thought he was. Yes. Tom Brady yeah. is three or four inches taller. I mean, Tom Brady's 6'5". Aaron Rodgers is barely 6'2". Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers were almost the same height. Yeah. I did not realize that. I thought Aaron Rodgers was a bigger dude than that. He's not as big of a dude as I thought he was. Tom Brady's a big boy. Yeah, he's 6'5". Yeah, a solid 6'5". Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers is barely 6'2". I'll tell I mean, you he's who's a big fit guy. I mean, Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah, yeah, is yeah. a big, big guy, but, but not I'll tell tall. You, I'll tell you who the big winner was. Montana, God, I want to go to that place. Holy yeah. shit, that place looks good. Yeah, <laughs> it does look good. Yeah, that's uh, that scenery is unreal. I don't, I don't know what their daily fee is there at the Yellowstone Club, but um, so that wasn't the Yellowstone Club. That was a different club. Oh, I thought they played the Yellowstone Club. No, it was like next next door, whatever next door uh, means in in Big Sky. But is Yellowstone Club the place that has its own ski resort as well? Yes, it's yeah, Brady's land property. Yeah, Brady's it, a member there. Yeah. Uh, so it was like Justin Timberlake and um, I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, in, in terms of maybe getting another match together, obviously Tiger, who knows when he'll ever play again right now. It'll but, be um, the only time he plays. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think um, we need to get like, I, I love Tom Brady, but I think, I think we need to get somebody like uh, Tony Romo would be funny because he's a good player. Tony Romo can play like be a lot better. Did you see him at the ACC? Up. What's that? Yeah, he's better. He's better than Tom Brady. He's better. I, I if you're gonna go there, football, but, if you're gonna go football players, awful. I, I saw him at El Hotel numerous times at the ACC this week. Yeah, but I mean, not not as bad as not as bad as Tom, and you know. But I think it would make it would make the match a little bit more competitive if we have a little bit better golf. I mean, I think Tom and Tom and Aaron Rodgers are probably ten or twelve, fifteen handicaps, whereas Romo's a scratch golfer. I'm okay if that never. That thing never happens again. 
I think it's. I like of, the match with two good players, like two or four good. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather see JT and Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler and and that than these stupid kind of celebrity. I like that. I'd rather uh, see Michael. I, I think let's let's let let's let four of the best players in the world play Captain's Choice and gamble. Let's like, go. I, I think it really needs to be gamble. St- let them call it on each the hole. P- like, the PGA Tour won't let them gamble, though. I mean, I that's 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 the whole- well, it's an exhibition. HBO Max is going to host it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, let's Still. let the guys go out there. That let's, We know our gamblers out there. Let's be real. Let's get Phil. Let's get JT. Uh, get Michael get Jordan Perez. out there. That would be How fun would it be? Michael Jordan probably wouldn't do it. He, he wouldn't do it. He no, would Jordan not do it, but it would be yeah. fun to watch him out there. Well, That would be but we all know what we're talking about. We know there's four guys out there. I mean, I listed three easy and I could list a couple more, but without going any more in depth in, on that, let's let the guys that we know have a little fun, play with a little skin on the line. Let's put four of the best players in the world. Let's mic them up. Let's play under the lights. Let's make it in prime time and let's put some money behind it. Let's, let's obviously involve charity. That way we can, you know, put, well, we all know how that works, but at the same time, we want them to get invested in it too. Um, let's see what it is. And and it's not one of those things that I think needs to be, you know, when I saw the Phil Tiger match at first, like let's put 50,000 and a hundred thousand on the line. It doesn't need to be that aggressive. Let's make well, that, that wasn't like even, that do. was just, that was just charity money. They were just moving around. Well, that wasn't exactly. even real, real gambling. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So let's make it real. I want to see a Venmo transaction. JT to Phil. Like I want yeah. like, uh, $5,000 bets, $5,000 up and down, $5,000 long drive, 2,500 closer to the pin, just a little random shit that we know these guys actually do. And let's get a little bit more insight to what a, a real game is like with the best players in the world that are, do they the play for that much though. I don't, I don't think they Without play question. for that much. Do they uh, really? I don't think they play for that much money. No. I don't no, know. Those guys don't. They don't. You mean like? You mean like in a practice round? They're not playing for twenty thousand dollars on a practice round. They're probably playing for a grand in a practice round. No, I'm not, talking about the times they. I don't know. I. I've, Phil Mickelson will. I've push seen a lot envelope. of guys play for that much, so I assume that that's how what they play for. Yeah. Phil yeah, will yeah. push it. Phil will push it. Phil My pops it. made a living running around playing gambling golf, and that was yeah. those were normal um, bets. So I assume that's what the best in the world are doing when they have you know five hundred million. Let me let me be clear. My Pops, yeah, well, <laughs> if you do it, if it's all relative, then I'm an absolute degenerate because I've played for a thousand dollars, and if Phil is only playing for a thousand dollars with what he's got in his bank account and what I've got, yeah, exactly. I've, and Jay, but you've been in I got situations a like I was at times where guys <laughs> put you up. You were in it more often than I was, where guys put you up to play for that. Oh yeah, you had backers. Oh so yeah, that's where my that's where my mind goes with the best players in the world that have these massive bank accounts. What's a $25 closer to the pin? What's a, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And I'm not saying that's the exact bet, but, you know, I feel like they have some some side action that especially in an exhibition yeah. would approach those sort of amounts. You know, it's funny though, with, the, with like, I almost felt more pressure when I played in these gambling matches with these backers than I did when it was my own cash. Because I felt like when, I, if we were playing for 500 a hole, I was like, all right, it's my cash. Like, if I lose, it's me. It's my yes, fault. Not. Like, whatever. I don't have to answer to anyone. But when I had a backer that was like, all right, we're playing $1,000 a hole right here. You got blah, 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 blah. Dude, we're going to do this. This guy's got this tee. He's a three handicap. He's going to be – you're going to give him a tee spot, and then you're going to give him one shot on the par five. And 
it's like, all right, we, we, we worked out all the bet and, and it's a thousand dollar hole. And I don't know what the numbers were. It was maybe a little, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. I can't remember. <laughs> but yes, you semantics. but, it's, but the, the, the fact was I was, I was, I was being facilitated by someone else. Like I was, you know, I had to answer to someone else. Like, all right, this basically, here's my boss. If I don't perform, you know, your boss is going to, you know, give you a whipping. That's got to be. So I never thought yeah, no, that. I mean, and it was, it was not that big of a deal. It's not like anything happened. It was like, all right, you lost what we'll move on. We'll get them the next time. But you still, for me, I felt that sense of pride. Like I, you know, I want to win, you know, I want to win and I don't want my buddy who is a friend of mine back in me to be like, Oh yeah. I mean, lost me, you know, he lost me two grand here playing in this match. You know, so, it was almost more pressure. I would almost prefer to play with my own cash because I felt like it changed my mindset a little bit. And then, you know, the times that I did do it, it, it seemed to, you know, pan out a little better. And I should have just gone around gambling around on the. Still do that. On the circuit. Never too late. Never too late. Let's hit it. Let's go, boys. I'm ready. So let's let's uh, let's move on. We got <laughs> Mike right. loves I the job, man. He's like, I, I just okay, gotta, all right, hey, you just talked for like seven minutes in a row there. No one said anything. I'm like, let's move on. Here we go. <laughs> we got, we got to keep the show moving, pal. You, you know? I, you're, hey, if we didn't have you, I mean, it, the, I, show, the first, the first like episode would still long. be going. It would still we'd be end going. up. We didn't. The first show would still be going. So, uh, real fast before we get to some previews, plural previews. Um, LPGA this weekend. I want to give a shout out to Austin Ernst. She played well, top five. They get rain short into 54 holes. Nasa Haraoka was the winner, but they put the players out there to start the final round. And Austin goes birdie, birdie in terrible huh. weather. I'm like, huh. here we go. Let's make a charge. And, they and then I didn't look at the scoreboard for a while. And I'm like, what's going on? What's her, what's her round four scorecard? I didn't realize I had already called the tournament for 54 holes. And they went back to where it was at their 54 holes. And I was like, Son of a bitch. I mean, she was eight back, but still, I'm like, you know, NASA comes back to the pack a little bit. She goes, shoots six under. Who knows? But so anyway, shout out Austin. Another another great finish. Just kind of keeping keeping things going out there uh, with a, n- another top five finish and and just raking in some dough this year. Also, uh, just as a father, especially of two girls, Jane Park. If you haven't seen this story, so I actually played with Jane Park this uh, May in the pro-am at Kings mill. She is fantastic. was a ton of fun for us. She was great. She had, she could hold her own. I, I said this when people asked me how it was. Jane could hold her own in the men's grill at the foundry golf club in a heartbeat. She was awesome to play with very engaging and she's married um, to a caddy on the PJ tour uh, who caddies for, Aria Jutanagarn. Anyway, she just came back on tour. She has a 10-month-old baby girl, Grace, and she is currently in the hospital uh, fighting. She's in a medically induced coma. She's had brain swelling, seizures. And so I just want to give a, a shout-out to Jane, to baby Grace, thoughts and prayers. All the people on the PGA, uh, LPGA tour have wearing ribbons and and shouting out to her. It's, it's almost brought me to tears a couple of times. It brought me to tears the other day when I was reading Jane's blog about it. And so I just wanted to mention her because I think she is an awesome person. Uh, I had so much fun with her playing nine holes of golf. I would do it anytime I could. So the and, the baby is 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 having the complications. Yeah, she's still oh. so. It, 
They had complications. She, she started having issues when they were in Dallas a couple of weeks ago. So she's not even at home. They're in Dallas. Jane lives, uh, her and Pete live in Atlanta. So they're not with friends and family. That's the two of them in a hospital all day, every day, while their 10-month-old baby is in a medically induced coma. So I just uh, wanted to put that on people's radar to think about it. Um, count your blessings. Hug your kids. Yeah. As as a father of, of two baby, not baby, but two two girls. Yeah. Um, it's it's tugged at my heartstrings for you know ten days now, and so I just wanted to put that on people's radar and and please keep her and your and the family and your and your thoughts and prayers there. So yeah. Um, well done, buddy. Just wanted to to say that, and we'll we'll get on to some more fun. And we do have hearts on this show. You know, we come off as uh, soulless pricks. Sometimes mainly me more, more, more than the other guys, but um, anyways, uh, as a That's father, I just I just had I just had yeah. to mention that. No, so. I didn't know. Especially that. since I just just recently met Jane and started following her on tour and social media to see her kind of start posting about that was 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 tough to see. So let's get into some previews. We got two really big opens. We obviously have the Open Championship at Royal St George's. But we have the Virginia State Open with a four-time winner happens to be on this show. Jay Woodson is coming back to Richmond, Independence. Jay has been all over the news. CBS is interviewing him in a fantastic Emergency 9 hat. I did rock the, I did rock the Emergency 9 hat during the interview. <laughs> still, I'm still waiting for my interview request. Um, hasn't got there yet, but I am in the field. Jay and I are both in the field this weekend at the state open. Jay, you won twice or three times there at Independence? Two times at Independence. Two there, two at Ballyhack. Yep. Okay. 20, 2012, 2013, and then 2014, and then 2015, <laughs> we lost to uh, our, a member of our friend of the pod, Lonto right. Griffin, also a PJ Tour winner and mem- uh, member of the PJ Tour. And Who's also 20, playing in an open this weekend? He's also playing the open this week. A shout out to Lonto. Let's see him, you know, crush it. He's doing a birdies for. He's got a he's got a you know a phrase there. It's birdies for golf. He's he's sponsoring uh, youth golf, so uh, we want him to make a ton of birdies and a ton of eagles this week because it it's going to benefit a lot of of youth golf in uh, the Blacksburg area, which is where he grew up, and the Virginia, uh, the state of Virginia. So, but anyway, yes, you know, Lonto won the Virginia State Open in 2015, finished second. We then played each other in 2016 in a playoff. Uh, Myself, Lonto, and, and Mark Lawrence, who is a young, aspiring professional golfer out of Virginia Tech. Who's a defending champion? Who is the defending champion? And he, uh, I ended up winning that year. So it was four out of five years I won with a second in there. And then it dropped off pretty quickly after that. <laughs> well, CBS, so it's on, it's on TV this weekend for those of you that live in Virginia. CBS six here in Richmond is covering it. It's going to be on statewide Saturday and Sunday, four to six. Can um, someone give me a login so I can stream that down here I, in South Florida. Yeah, I did not. Cool. I did not get featured group coverage when I saw it was on TV and it was four to six on Saturday. I'm like, okay, so Jay's going to be probably a one o'clock tea time off a of number one. Jay, what's your Saturday tea time? Uh, yeah, one ten off a of number okay, one. Okay, there we go. Got it. Uh, me on the other hand, I got the seven fifty a.m. tea time off a of number ten on Saturday. 
as far away from the cameras as possible. But I will say this. If you are on the back nine and you're playing well, the cameras are there. There, someone will be there to okay. find you if you have a if you. I, re- I remember that. So yeah, Tom, you, you need to wrap your sponsors well, Mikey. Tom, Tom and McLean, you'll get a kick out of this. So they sent this to all the players in the field. We had to fill out this little bio. CBS is requesting like a fact sheet on all of us in case we make it on air and they need to talk about us. Yeah. And it was, you know, what's your home club? Your name is your professional. This and that. What's your family like? It then said it then came to best career achievements. I stared at my phone for 15 minutes to try to figure out what do I write? I've never achieved anything with my golf clubs. <laughs> I, I looked at my wife, Lindy, and I was like, I don't know what to write. Well, she then responded with, well, they're not going to talk about you anyways. So <laughs> oh, I, your wife, come on, Lindy. Yes, they will. I, uh, we should have, we should have, we could have gone, gotten creative here. It could be like, no, I, so this I, is what I came shot up with. 64 left-handed. No, this is what I came up with, and I honestly submitted this. I sent this to Jay, and this is submitted to CBS. And you did not submit that. I wrote being friends with Jay Woodson. (laughs) That is awesome. Are you you kidding right now? No. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) That's incredible. That's your greatest. I I had to. I was Lane Lane Casadante with CBS Sports is gonna is gonna love that. I was like, you know, screw it. What do I care? I'm like, I'm putting this. (laughs) <laughs> I did. I then said, like at the bottom, it was like fun facts or hobbies. I was like, well, started and co-hosted the Merch Nine Golf Podcast. So oh, you did put that on there. Nice. Did yes, you put boy. it on there? I didn't, but I wore the hat in the in the in the commercial the hat, in the, the commercial. Hat, the hat Jay's like, good. I had so many career achievements and fun facts that, no, that I, I couldn't get no. to it. I ran out of yeah. characters. Yeah, the, the the old has been that can't even stand upright right now. Can't can't lift his arm above his shoulder. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna put the two guys on the spot. Jay, Jay, and I are in the field. Okay. Yep. Fifty four Who, holes. Who's the other guy out of Ballyhack? That's a really good player. Who's Justin a, Young? Yeah, Justin Young. Yeah, he's a really good player. We we fit him for golf clubs. Um, great, great player. Is Not he a good the, player? He's a great. Is player. he the other favorite? I mean, obviously. I'm pro Jay Wood all day, every day. I love that. Love is Justin that. is Justin one of the other guys that got featured? I'm just I'm just yeah, asking. he's 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 like maybe a group or two behind you. He's definitely there's a there's a window the of like three window. or four he's in the three or four window. groups um of a lot of the studs that are playing. There's a couple there's I mean, a couple my PGA boy pros. has a better record for sure. There's a couple PGA pros that are, are that are uh that are ranked up there. Uh I'm playing with Jordan Utley, who is a friend of the pod, who also the pod, yep, runner up in the Virginia State Open this year again for the third time, I think. That's um, correct. And we we actually brought him up on a, a previous uh, episode. His father was a uh, beat writer for the Richmond Times Dispatch, sports sports writer, and one of the one of the best. Um, and he uh, he covered. He covered sports for probably 30, 35 years, covered my dad when he was coaching high school football uh, through our state championships, for, through me playing high school football, high school basketball, golf. Um, and then on, you know, as I was a professional, followed me. So um, that family is uh, near and dear to my heart. So I- I'm excited to play with him. I think that's that's going to help me um, because he's playing well and playing with a good player it always helps, you know, when you get in a tournament and, I haven't played a whole lot of competitive golf. So getting those, that nervous energy out and, and, you know, being able to play with people that you are comfortable with 
certainly makes a difference. So I'm excited about it. I mean, who knows what will happen. I've been able to play a little bit more um, in the last couple of weeks uh, after my recent attempt at getting back on the bandwagon in Pittsburgh. So um, I'm hoping that it will be a little bit better than uh, the last time you guys followed my scores. So, all right, guys, where does Jay finish? Be honest. T4. Man, I that I love I love that pick. That's I mean I want to win, but I, love your confidence. I think you can absolutely win. I think you're coming back from a lot, and I didn't want to set the bar too high because it's easy to just to tell you Jay's obviously gonna win. And I think you will, and I think you have the ability to win every time you put the ball on a peg. Wow. That is one hundred percent honesty. Good, good three rounds are that right good, bro. Good friends. Good friends. Four. Good Four. friends. Three rounds. Okay. Three rounds, three rounds. They Tom, should have about four or five years. You know him better than I do. You, you, where's he at? So here's what I'm thinking. Tom watched me hit balls at Top Golf for our buddy John Scott's wedding in Tennessee. So he may have a. Different- you always so I think here it is. I think it's going to come down to it's you're going to finish. I'm I'm calling top six, but but it's going to because you're going to take it deep the last day. You're going to like you're going to go so. It's just going to click. The juices are going to come back, you know, like that. It's going to take a little bit. You've played, you know, not a lot of golf. You've had, you know, your shoulder stuff. that's right. still going on a little bit. Um, so I think first two rounds are going to be, eh, we're going to be okay. You're not great. Um, but then the last day, I think he's going to kind of just free it up and he's going to go shoot like, you know, 65 and oh, finish, yeah. you know, third or something. So what course is it being that. played on? Independence. 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 Yeah. I'm calling 72, 71, 66 for T4 or the win, the win outright. Yeah. You know, that's actually, those scores are not too far off. Um, Independence is a Fazio design golf course, 2000. I think it was in 1999. They stuffed 2000. it in between those houses, though, Jay. You know, as well as they, I do, they stuffed it in between those houses. They did. They did. I played they did. it, and it's a decent layout, but it's not good. It, it's it's it's, it's not, not good. It's not it's not a Fazio course that's going to be ranked in the top fifty in in the in the country and anywhere. It, it's it's a Fazio yeah. that Tom Fazio never stepped foot on. Probably Jim not. Fazio designed it, and I've never but heard of him. It is in impeccable shape right now. I thought They've it was Marty, Marty Fazio. Four nineteen. In Marty? The, it may have been Marty. Four nineteen Bermuda in the fairways and the and they've got uh champion Bermuda on the green. Oh. They're rolling about 13, 13 and a half right now, from what I've heard. And they've let the rough grow up, the Bermuda rough to I think two and a half to three inches, which is in that's insane. That's it's deadly. That's 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 chip it out sideways kind of rough. So yeah. we'll see. Th- their goal apparently from what I've heard through the grapevine is they did not want anyone to shoot double digits under par for three rounds. So we'll what have been, what have been the like winning scores there? Jason, the um, course record or the tournament record it was 20 something, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was also four the, rounds back then, right? No. So the year that the year that I won, um, uh, the second time I won in 2013, I won, I shot 16 under par for, uh, that I won by 10. So it was the largest margin of victory. You could have kicked it down the last hole. Um, Pretty much, my brother he was played left-handed. From what I heard, yeah. Le- legend think, has it. I think Evan Beck set the tournament right. Robert Wren and Evan Beck set the tournament where they tied at twenty under for four rounds. Um, but 
uh, prior to that, they had some years where they had to let the rough grow up and they had, they, they did have single digits win. Um, it was like seven or eight under. So it's, it, the course is certainly capable of doing it. It's, it's still got some meat to it. Um, it's 72, you know, 7,300 yards, I think. And they can, they can turn one of the par fives into a par four. And then, you know, that changes things a little bit. So what the, year that I shot, the year that I shot 16 under, they, they uh, turned one of the, it was a par 71. Um, so I, I played my tail off, I, you know, one by 10 shots. And I told my brother, we had a goal of shooting four under every day. And we shot 16 under. Well, it's a really that cool place. I mean, you, you know, go. you can, your beverage card is an ES 300 because, you know, getting your beers out of a Lexus ES 300 is something that moves a needle <laughs> clownfish. What days is it? So here's it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Here's, here's another question for you. Yep. Where do I finish? Cool. I, that's, I, that's I already know. I already know. Mike, Mike, you're gonna finish, you're gonna finish Caddy top twenty five weekend. Mike finishes top twenty five this week. I got I just got a yep. feeling. I think he's playing a little bit more golf, feeling good. He's got good, good clubs. He's got a good uh, yeah, bless, setup. bless your heart. Yeah. I mean, and and he's Mike Mike is a great if you've watched Mike putt, if you haven't, you should because he strokes it. He does that. Look, he strokes uh, it. Well, real, you hit it all over the planet, talk. you better stroke it. Yeah, and these greens, are, the these greens are great, and I feel like better – sorry, sorry, McLean, I cut you off, but I just no, wanted to finish better. the thought because Maroney is a great putter, a really great putter. And if you if you get on really fast and firm greens, I feel like the better putters really – they shine when, when they get on really fast, tricky greens because they understand speed control, they understand hitting the ball solidly, and they can they read greens better because of that, and they, they – you can see them uh, kind of step up. So he's also a very sneaky, good driver of the golf ball. Yeah. When he's on, he hits that beautiful little cut, smokes it, what I like to call the tumble cut, Um, you know, moves from left to right, but also spins at like 23 to 2400 RPMs, uh, has a good first bounce. Uh, I've seen a lot of days in between those trees at the foundry, and it's always something that we like looking at. I want one of those. I want a tumble cut again. I haven't had one of those. I got kind of a spinning. Um, I just got it right down now. to a science brother, you know, yeah. but at the same time, I will be honest with you. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to produce less spin at lower swing speeds. So. <laughs> Boom. God so, damn, help it. <laughs> so to finish, to finish that off, I know we're going to talk about the real open championship. Um, uh, there's, there is a guy, Mark Lawrence, who is the defending champion, who is a graduate of Virginia Tech, is turning Stop. pro this week. This is his first professional week and our first first professional tournament. And he is a class act guy. He's a stud. I actually played his father in my first Virginia amateur championship in 2002. I played him uh, in, in the quarterfinals. His dad's a great player as well. Um, is he the real deal? Is, this, is he this? He's Mark Lawrence is the real deal. Awesome. He is the real deal. He Longest train smoke. Yeah, he's a quarterfinalist of the U.S. Open at where? Where was the U.S. Or I'm sorry, the U.S. Am at Riviera. Riviera. He was a quarterfinalist there. He almost made it to the semifinals. Um, and what? Or was he in the semifinals? I think he was in the semifinals. He was in the semifinals and almost made it to the finals. But he's a he's a good he's a great guy, very nice and very uh, 
down yeah, there. I mean, he, he either he either lost to I can't remember which one he lost to. Was it uh, is either Doc Redmond or Doug Gim? I think it was Redmond because Doc Redmond won the whole thing and he beat uh, Doug Gim in the final. But that was that was the same year and, and both those guys are having yeah. great success on the, the PGA, PGA Tour. Tour. Yeah, um, but yeah, great player hits it three. I played with him in the uh, again. I played with him in the State Open in Virginia two years ago, and we played Bally Hack. Uh, golf club in Roanoke, Virginia, which is a it's unbelievable golf course. You should check it out if you haven't been there. But he did not hit any club longer than a nine iron, nine iron the entire day. I'm talking par threes, par fives, par fours. No iron longer than a nine iron. Every par five, he hit shorter than a nine iron in. Every par three, shorter than a nine iron in. And obviously, every par four. Um, I mean, and I'll, I, you know, I hit it back in the day, not now with this gimp shoulder, but I hit it pretty far. I mean, I'm not, I, I wasn't like, you know, I would, I would have been in a top 20, 25 on the PGA tour driving distance, but not like this. This guy just absolutely smashes it. Um, so I, he's, he's definitely the favorite. So we'll see how he does. I'm sure he'll, he'll play well, but I will say, that's why they play the game. Why? Got it, baby. The games. You Love never it. know. So um, that's that's our state open preview. Cheer us on. As you scroll on the leaderboard, if you keep going, I'll be down there at some point. Just keep going. Your thumb may get tired from scrolling. Jay will be close to the top. I will be way down below. That's what my uncle said to my dad one time towards the end of his career. He's like, he said, look, I've just found that when I'm trying to find your what you shot, you know, today, I just start at the bottom. It's a lot quicker. I just start there and go up. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. So that, take Tom's advice. Start at the bottom and go up to see mine. Start at the top and go down to see Jake's. No, no, that's not going to happen. Nope. That's not going to happen, Mikey. I will say my one of my favorite stories was, uh, I think it was 2013 when you won. You had a party at your house the night before the final round. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's and bold. I, that's a bold I, move. Was, that was bold. Well, you were up by a million, so uh, you're like, "Fuck it, oh, let's have a party." Get drunk. The let's night get drunk. before the final round, <laughs> and you, I was there, and we were talking, and he, you come over, and you're like, "Hey, Mike, what's your tea time tomorrow?" I'm like, "So it's actually the same as yours, just." I'm on number oh, 10. I'm on number 10 in the reverse horseshoe. <laughs> I am. I am tied for DFL right now, trying to get out of the basement. <laughs> and then I remember you and I were the last two guys on the range. And I just kind of look at you like, Hey, what's up? You hit uh, balls together. You know? <laughs> hey bud, how are you? Yeah. You couldn't have been further apart. Yeah. No. You were so close at the same time. I was like 45 shots back. I think at that point. So it was, I made, I think I made like $42 with my check, something like that. <laughs> so, all right, let's, this is a long episode, but I don't care. Cause it's, a lot of good stuff, and we got a lot to talk about. Because so, we're awesome. Yeah, it's good. So we do have a major. Yes. On the worldwide professional circuit. The Open Championship returns to Royal St. George's. Um, Darren Clark last won there when they hosted it, and everyone can't forget the year Ben Curtis won at Royal St. George's. So it's kind of an interesting talking point. Just those two past winners can kind of, you know, out of nowhere winners, right? I mean, Darren Clark wasn't really doing much, right? Kind of long in the tooth wins. And obviously Ben Curtis is one of the 
lowest ranked players to ever win a major. So it'll be an interesting week. Um, I did hear, I love, first of all, I love the open. It might be my second favorite major behind, behind the masters. I mean, God, see, I've got the U S open way up there, man. I do too, but I've got the U S open. I, 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 the masters is definitely at the top, but the, between the Open Championship and the U.S. Open, the U.S. Open is like our national championship. I mean, I don't know. That, that that's not that's not great for this for this episode. No, we won't because, we won't debate but, that right now. But I just love yeah, the fact but, that you can wake up, have a cup of coffee. I, yeah, and that's watch the best part, right? Yeah, yeah. It is, that is the best part. You're right. You're right. 100%. I fell in love with it in my young twenties when we used to have a group of guys that would get together and wake up in the morning and have Guinness and eggs and just start watching really early, and it was just. You know, kind of one of those awesome. things you did in your young twenties, and you know, we really fell in love with it. So I don't totally disagree with Mikey, but I do agree that the U.S. Open does also have a very special place as our continent's open. I would yeah. rank them. I would rank them the Masters one, U.S. Open, British Open two, and then the PG Championship three, <laughs> or, or the or the or. Uh, TPC Sargrass, the players three, and then BJ Championship fourth. <laughs> uh, I, I I can't disagree with you too much on that, but uh, so I I was disappointed. Uh, someone posted the forecast for the week. It doesn't look like they're going to get any crazy weather oh. out there. Maybe some showers on Thursday, but the wind doesn't look too crazy. Sun most of the week. You know, you kind of look forward to these guys battling the conditions when they go over there and windy, oh. raining sideways. That one year, I forget where it was, where was it Shigeki Mariyama was like bundled up trying to hide behind a sign and Tiger was trying to hide. It was like that was 2002 where Tiger had just won the, the Masters and the, the U.S. Open at Bethpage and was going for the calendar year Grand Slam. And he was, I mean, at the, the peak of his dominance. dominance. He got the wrong end of the stick. Yeah. Who knows what who knows what would have happened if he had gone off earlier in the morning and then not had to play the afternoon. Yeah, and that's kind of part of it too. He, he could like have 25 majors. Off. 25, is that what you said? Yeah, he could have 25. I think so. Well, yeah, I mean, if he didn't have like eight surgeries and bang 12 Denny Hostesses, he could have 25 well, too. It was well, Perkins. Perkins, okay. Whatever. All, spe- Waffle, all speculation. Waffle House. Actually, I think he came out and admitted it. Um, <laughs> I love Waffle House, but I've never seen anyone I'd want to pull out of there. <laughs> So, anyways, the Open is this week. I don't know much about Royal St. George's. They kind of blend together to me, some of them over there, in all honesty. But I'll kind of remember it as I as I watch it. But here's a question for you before we get to our picks. Rom of the field? Field. Rom. It's your turn, McLean. Welcome back. Uh, I'll take the field without question. And so usually it's always the field, right? But if you look at his odds, it's only like plus 600. That's, that's, that's I don't that's, care. There, When it comes to actually winning the Open versus actually playing well at the Open and contending, it's a totally different animal. There are so many more things that come into play. And I see a lot of great players out there that I think are going to do very well this week. Um, a couple that I'm going to allude to shortly when I give you my crack DraftKings pick for the week. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I I agree with you, but if you look at Rom recently, I mean, obviously Memorial, he was playing unbelievable. Wins the U.S. Open, 
then comes plays well last weekend at the Scottish. I mean, it is talk about peaking at the right time. And I haven't seen a, an odds that low to win an event for someone in quite a long time. Normally, you, the favorites, you know, DJ and it's plus a thousand, you know, twelve hundred kind of thing. This is almost half the odds that most of these guys have been getting in, in recent years. The favorites, so it's pretty pretty low odds. I think. Uh, I mean, granted, he's a he's one of the top players, obviously in the in the world ranked second now he's dropped off the first, but I think being from Spain is not, he is from Spain. He is from Spain. I know. I know. It doesn't really classify you as being able to play, you know, links golf. I mean, he, can he play links golf? Absolutely. I mean, he proved, he's proven that, (laughs) but does that mean it's an automatic, like that's his second nature to go out and play links golf? I don't, I don't think so. Um, and everyone thinks Sergio Garcia because he's from Europe. He he automatically plays good and at the British Open. And he, I mean, he's had some success, but he doesn't play well every year. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily that that classifies him as being an automatic. Um, so I mean, he will he play well? I, I think he will play well. I think he'll finish top ten. I don't, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll get it done. I don't think he'll do back to back majors. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of in that era now where like back-to-back majors is unheard of. You know what I mean? It doesn't happen that often unless you, if you, you, when you do that, you take a step to the next level. Well, we talk about how long before it was done, before Tiger, and it, this may be edited out, but <laughs> I, I think before it was, it was Curtis was the last one to do it, if I'm not mistaken, before Tiger, correct? You're talking like back to back of the same major. We're talking like two majors in a row, right, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back I'm talking about same back. same year, back to back calendar or not? Yeah, just okay, back to back. I'm sorry, you're correct. No, but I don't even. I don't even know. But it was still a, a correct question. statistic, technically. Am I correct? I don't you're know. Correct. You're right. But I don't know. What you're talking about? I don't know. Before Tiger won, um, you know, back to back majors. I don't know when anyone won him before that in the '90s. Did anyone win a? Back-to-back majors in the nineties? I don't think uh, Jordan so. Jordan Spieth. I think was the last to do it in the yeah. same year. Yeah, I just think that you know, just the the mental you know part of it all has got to be just how how much it takes out of you at the end of the day. Oh, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's so draining. It's got to be so draining. I mean, uh, I and we've all played golf at a different different level, but I mean, we're you know we're talking about playing in amateur golf or you know small mini tour or state opens. You know, that's nothing compared to like having the media, of, you know, 50, you know, 50, 100 people asking you questions every day. Like, oh, well, why'd you make a bogey on this hole? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? I don't know. I just hit a bad shot. Yeah. So actually, I mean, Kepka, Kepka was the last to do it in 2018. He won the, right. the U.S. Open and the PGA. Yeah. But I think it's a lot for especially a lot of the young guys. And we know as the PGA Tour is right now, we have an incredible young contingent on the PGA Tour probably one of the best from 20 to 30 group of guys that I've seen in a very long time where we have so many incredible young players um, without getting into names. I think it's one of those things where these guys have a lot of experience winning golf tournaments. They have a, they have a lot of experience winning big tournaments and they play well very often, but at the same time, I think this is a different pressure. Yeah, I think it's something to where you have to really 
really have a lot of stuff under your belt. There are some young guys that I think their careers, I mean, if you look at a Rory or a JT, they could do it. I think they have that that mental game. Yeah. I think they have that mental stability. I think they have the experience and have won enough golf tournaments to where that could easily happen without them getting, without them being a mental issue. Jordan Spieth also obviously goes on that list and has already done it. So yeah. if you look at some of the guys that are out there, uh, I think we do have some guys that can do it. But at the same time, I think we have such an incredibly deep field right now in golf, which is so cool for us as fans and so cool for the sport in general that there are so many guys out there that can go win a major like it's nobody's business. But for them to go ahead and knock off two back to back, I think that's a little bit of a different animal for a lot of these guys that are. You yeah. know, still, and, you know, and I, one of the guys I put in that category who's an unbelievable player, and I think we all agree is one of the top players in the world right now is Mr. Xander Shoffley. You know, he's one of those guys that I think that could win a major tomorrow. But winning back-to-back is also one of those things that I feel like is going to be a, a little bit mentally tough for him based off of the amount of tournaments that he's won, the amount of big tournaments that he's won, and the fact that he does not have a major yet in his career. So it's a guy that I would bet on every week to be in contention, but it's not someone necessarily that I would say would be 100% confident and comfortable in that situation. Hundred percent. I think you, you, you. I think you hit the nail on the head. Love. I love Xander, but there's a difference between being in contention and then winning. Like, like, and we've talked about this with Tony Finau. Like, there's just another level of being able to win, and then playing, playing at that level of winning and like expectation of winning. And Xander hasn't even he hasn't even won that much on the PGA Tour, nor has Tony. But they're always in the mix, but there's another level of like like knowing how to win. Like, hey, I haven't won a major yet, but I've won, you know, 10 times on the PGA Tour or 10 times on the European Tour. You know, you, you know how to win, and it's just a matter of you doing it in a major. And then you take a guy like Xander who's always in the hunt in, in majors and just hasn't seemed to do it. But he really hasn't done it in, in the regular season events either. I no, mean, not many times. Just just not even a handful. Not even a handful of PJ Tour wins. A couple. He's got three, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, although he would have, he would have won the uh, the Tour Championship last year if they did normal scoring. Yeah, that's that's a whole another. DJ won the net division. Yeah. Xander won the gross <laughs> division. That's right. So, all right, let's let's get to our picks. We can kind of talk about uh, the players a little bit more in depth um, with some different guys. We're gonna. We're going to let the defending champ go, Mr. Tom Strange, first. Since you won, good victory over Mr. Jay Woodson. That's Close. right. Close. And uh, we're going to give you the floor, sir. All righty. Let me hold on. How do I find where I was? Well, maybe not. Stand by. Hold, please. Um, upcoming. Here we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Wait, is this my thing? All right, yeah. Um, so I picked John Rom is as my is wow. my uh, oh man, who else did you get in this lineup? I know that's the problem because he was so expensive, but uh um, Ian Woosnam. I mean, who else? It's also one of those things, you know, if if he you know wins or finishes top five, um, it might be worth it. So obviously, John Rom, we know why, right? We don't need to go into that. Um my next most expensive fell out, Paul Casey. I feel like you know, he's he's Maybe one of the best long iron players to ever play the game. Um, we know, iron players. yeah, exactly. Iron players in general. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just think he's in a good place mentally. Um, 
again, it, for, he's a perfect example of what comes down to the draw, right? There's going to be guys that if they get a good draw weather-wise, they've got a chance, but then there's going to be some guys that it, they just can't overcome that, right? It's yeah. just, it, they don't, whether it's, you know, they don't have the game or they don't have the, the mental fortitude. So anyway, um, but I think, uh, I think Paul Casey is going to play well. Um, you know, he's made a lot of cuts. He's just, his career has been pretty cool to watch, right? Um, journeyman and uh, continues to kind of to, to elevate. Uh, let's see who do I got next. Next, I went with Cam Smith. Um, good putter. You know, British Open greens are, are notoriously a little bumpier, a little slower than what we, you know, our guys are used to here in the States. Um, but I think, you know, it, it never fails. You know, I, the winner every week putted well, but I think in the British is even more so. Um, so I think, uh, I think he's going to play well. Hopefully. I don't know. Uh, next, I've got Joaquin Neiman. Um, I just I love, I love everything about this guy's game. And, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit off the air before we started that you know, his ability to hit that little low screaming bullet, um, it could come in handy. You know, wind starts blowing, get the ball in the fairway. Um, that's, that's a nice shot to go to. You know, on the flip side, a guy like Rory McIlroy, like, you know, I don't know how low he can truly hit it when he has to, you know, um, I'm sure he can. But, but anyway, so Joaquin, I just, I also think he's got a great um, kind of mental game plan not just for makeup yeah he does exactly you know it's it's you know when you get over there you're gonna have some some stuff go kind of you know funky right whether it's weather or breaks or whatever um so so uh yeah next i got mark leishman i don't really know why i picked mark leishman i feel like he just kind of pops up here and there he's he's played okay this year he's he loves just he loves the open he loves the open he loves tough conditions, and he's kind of one of those. He's got a great mind for golf, and he, he if you're if you're going to set up a tournament and say, "Hey, I want the winner to shoot 25 under," it's not going to be Mark Leishman. But if you get out and, and you get some funky weather, and you have to be creative on the golf course and shoot 10, 8, 9, 10, 11 under on on a link style golf course, he's got a chance. Yeah, he's he he hits a lot of those really nice like low bump and runs from off the green, yeah. and he has that kind of lower piercing power fade that he hits off the tee and he's a good ball i mean he hits everything right in the screws right every time i like, I like that pick a lot too yeah. that's a good value what's he fellow, 70 fellow virginia native yeah you know, exactly which what is my beach from austria or uh, australia right australia. yeah i know yeah. virginia beach is a weird is his wife from there his oh, wife's from australia uh, his wife's from virginia beach he's beach, from australia okay. yeah, a member over at bayville there you yeah. go um and then last i got Stuart sink uh, Stewart won't win. I mean, maybe he could, I don't know. I can't say that, but, I don't, but he's just, he's had success there. He's in a, I feel like he's in this, this mental chase that we all, you know, would pay a lot of money to be in, right. He's got his son on the bag. It's kind of a family thing. He's, he's at a, I mean, he's playing with, with borrowed money right now. Right. Let's be honest. I think, and he knows well, that more than anyone. He's also playing some of the best golf of his career. hundred percent, man. And it's just, I think it's been, it's been really cool to watch. So, um, Again, I'm not saying Stewart's going to win, but I can see him finishing top 15 in a heartbeat. And that's it. Uh, uh, really, on the on the coattails of that, it's unfortunate for him because he won the major. No one wanted him to win. Yeah. God, you remember? That was brutal. For yeah. It, Brutal, yeah. I mean, everyone was pulling for Tom. And yeah. rightfully so to a certain Tom Watson, degree. not Tom Strange. Yeah. 
<laughs> that, that would have been a lot cooler. Y'all better been pulling for me. But yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, so, all right, go next. we're gonna we're gonna give the floor for this is redemption time. McLean, put all your other screens away. It's your turn to give your picks. I want I'm some ready. original facts and you want stats original content I'm and original takes. Big fan of plagiarism. Long story short, let's roll. So I actually really love my team. I did it quick. And every time I look back at it, I'm like, wow, I don't, I, I'm picking like this every week from now on. Um, it could cost me a lot of money or, you know, we'll see how it turns out. I'm going to ride it till it bucks you. Running up at top dollar, 9600 Justin Thomas. Wow. Justin Thomas. Any, golf turner, any golf course, any golf tournament, any day of the week, all-around player, one of the best all-around players we have on earth right this second. Um, I've got Justin Thomas in at 9,600. Uh, my second pick, 9,300. Possibly, you, know, you talk about a man crush, um, the guy who is major championship proven. He hasn't broken through yet on the – no, I take that back. He has broken through, <laughs> but long story short. These are definitely original takes. Uh, no, this is how you know it's original. You know, I'm over here fucking up. Are you talking about Louis Usain? You already know I'm talking about Louis Usain. You know I'm talking about Louis Usain. You know I'm talking about Louis Usain, the major championship fucking guy. I mean, he's the best thing that happened to major championships since Miguel and Hell Jimenez. Um, the guy that would just show up every every time, didn't do shit any time of the rest of the year, but fucking four weeks of the year, he was golden. 48 weeks of the year, the guy was irrelevant. Um, <laughs> Louis Who are you talking Usain. about now? Louis I don't Usain. know. I lost. 9,300. Um, we're this having is, fun. This now. is great, though. This is great. Moving on from that, uh, the former world beater, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, I got him at $8,000. You, you have to like him as a European, a guy who plays really well over there. Another guy who has proven himself to not be mentally conscious of the tournaments he's playing in. He's not a guy that's going to be nervous, especially playing on um, foreign soil. The guy's very comfortable over there. Um, moving down from there, I've it's got... It's not foreign soil to him. You, no, you're exactly correct. And I mean that from an American perspective. So, no, you, you're right. You're, he's playing on home soil. That would have been a better way of saying it. Uh, moving down from him, I do have Cameron Smith. Now, me and Tom are getting ready to... Tommy are getting Tommy. ready to really really jump on the bandwagon here together. So I've got Cam Smith, 7,800 for all the same reason that Tom already mentioned from there. I'm running down to Joaquin Neiman for all the reasons that Tom already mentioned. His ability to flight the ball is incredible. Um, He should be a big factor over there. I can only imagine that he's played on a lot of similar golf like that throughout his career and especially throughout his childhood. And I think that's some of where his trajectory has really stemmed up, stemmed from. So I think he's going to be very comfortable in that atmosphere. Uh, Moving down south of that, I got the greatest driver of all time, uh, BMW ultimate driving machine, Sergio Garcia, uh, $7,600. And, buddy, I really like my team. I mean, run through it real quick. JT, Sergio, Tommy Fleetwood, Joaquin, Usti, and Cam Smith. That's pretty good. I'm, I am I really like it. How do you not Big like friend. Sergio in, in the open? Are you kidding yeah. me? When driving is probably one of the biggest premiums of all Did year. Did he win this year? Hey. Did he win this year? Hey, he'll ball strike himself into a top ten. 
That's yeah. exactly he'll, right. Yeah, he'll, he'll pull a, he'll pull a Sergio three or, yeah, he'll pull a three or four under on Sunday and be like thirtieth going into Sunday, three or four under and get top ten. No big deal. No, he won't even see him on TV all week. And you're like, oh, Sergio finished top ten this week. I, all I'm right, sorry I'm, to take no clients' great takes there, but all right, Jay. How about right. you? Uh, and they were great. I'm ready. Great takes, right. McLean. Very original. It's now Jay's turn. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to start off with a guy who is a uh, known to be a great ball striker. Uh, can keep it low, which obviously is an important part there. Um, he's a guy who plays solid all the time. Uh, hasn't, hasn't won a major, but uh, has won this year. Daniel Berger. Drives the ball well, great iron player. Again, seventy four hundred. You know, I, you know, I don't know for a fact that uh, you know he'll have a great week, but overall, he seems to always be in the mix. So we'll give him a shot. Harris English, obviously, coming off a, a lot of good, a lot of good play win there at the Travelers Championship uh, a couple weeks back, and then a third place at the U.S. Open. So again, he's. He's a great ball striker. Anybody who's really in control of their ball, I feel like can play well in the wind and the conditions. And it's it's all about it's all about hitting the ball cleanly, hitting the ball solidly in the wind. It, the, the regard, even if you hit it high, I mean, Tom um, Tom Watson never tried to flight the ball low. He just took more club and just hit the ball. He he just said, "Out, oh, yep, this is what I'm going to hit. I'm just going to hit it." He never tried to really change his flight. At least that's what he said. Um, so because he always hit in the center of the face, he knew how far it was going to go. He's like, Hey, hit in the center of the face. My forearm is going to go 170 yards in the 20 mile an hour wind. That's just what it's going to do. Um, so uh, again, guys who hit it right in the sweet spot are having an advantage and he's playing really good golf. And I feel like hitting the ball in the middle of the face is going to be to his advantage. Another guy who hits the ball in the middle of the face is Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick, obviously coming off a second place finish at the Scottish open. Another great ball. Ball striker, um, he, he's pretty solid all the way around. Um, but I think he's at home, feels comfortable. Made fourteen and nineteen cuts. You know, take take him back to um, uh, to Europe, and I think he's in a, in a good spot. Uh, Tyrell Hatton, the the man, the myth, the legend. It's a good pick. I like that. The, the character, again, another incredible ball striker, um, and it really comes down to his mental fortitude, like. <laughs> Is he going to be able to keep it together for the for the entire week? Um, and if he does, if he drops the thumbs up, then he'll play well. Um, That's post he, post shot commentary out there right now. Yeah, or he's gold. Yeah, I mean it's gold. funny. I mean he's a funny dude. I I love his. I love what he what he says. Um, so for the simple fact that, of that, like I'm going to pick him because I want to want to watch him. And he's I mean he's at nine thousand. On DraftKings, which is a little, it's a little steep here. It's a, it's a pretty uh, filtered down lineup here. A lot of guys at the top, but uh, he's a, again 14 and 18 cuts. He's, he's from Europe, and I think he'll, I think he'll play well. Uh, Victor Hovland coming off a win at the BMW. Yeah, it's your boy. You love him. I do love this guy. I just Thank think he's got him, such a good mindset for for professional for- golf, and I think what his strengths are. You know he drives the ball well. He's a great iron player, and I think with at, at the at the British Open, he doesn't have to chip the way that he chips in America. It's not Ooh, a lot a of lofty point. shots. He can take the 
eight iron, six iron, and bump and run and hit these creative shots. And I think he would prefer to do that. You think? And I really think, <laughs> what's that? So you think? Yeah, I, he would prefer to do that rather than taking the lob wedge out. And, yeah, they, uh, he don't like he's that. He's going to be using a six hybrid. Yeah. Victor Alvin puts a six hybrid in the back for the week. Yeah. Modern day Hal Sutton. Aren't <laughs> so right anyway, yeah, he's at 9,100. I think he's going to have a good week. Um, and then last but not least, the smooth swinging but smooth putting. Louis Ustazen at 9,300. Louis. I think Louis going to win this week. I'm just going to say, gotta like I think, gotta like I just think he's riding on some, he's got some confidence going and I think he's going to get it done. He's going to get a second open championship and uh, it's going to be a Ustazen week. Awesome. All right. Love it. Okay. Now my turn. I get off the snide here. It's been a, a few bad weeks for me. I was riding hot there for a while and I got cocky and, I'm always cocky, but you know, now I suck. So I I do like my team. Um, we're gonna start. Let's let's start at the bottom. Huge sleeper for all of you out there. If you guys are looking for a sleeper in your in your pools this week, Lucas Herbert, sixty eight hundred dollars. He's been playing well. Just finished fourth at the Scottish Open. He won the Irish Open two weeks ago. He had two top 20s back here stateside at the Memorial in Travelers. Guy is playing well. No one would realize that he's a top 50 player in the world. Did you go through every every person on DraftKings and look every at every guy and see what their past history was and find this guy? No. It's a good <laughs> pick, unfortunately. Why? You just jealous of my pick? No, I, yeah, I am 100%. 100% jealous of your pick. Uh, I think it's a great pick. But in front of his name. you were the Top you were the, the researchingest mf that I've ever met, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure you went through every single DraftKings guy and hit and clicked their history. Wait a minute! I, I guarantee you didn't come up on it honestly. That's all I'm going to say. What? What? Well, look who's talking. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, you walked into that one. You walked Get into those that. stones if you live in glass houses. No, I just I just knew he'd won two weeks ago. And then I saw his name on the leaderboard all week at the Scottish Open. So it sparked like, your memory. Yeah. I kind of I kind of like this yeah. guy. And then I kept on scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I was like, oh, all the way down to 6800 well. At $6,800, I'm taking him. Absolutely. And he's been playing awesome. It was a, it was a great pick. It was a great pick. Then I'm going to go up to Mr. Matt Fitzpatrick. I uh, don't need to say a lot since uh, Jay took him and covered a lot of what, what I was going to say. But again, playing well. I think he's this is a redemption week for him. His yeah. England, his England footy team lost in penalties oh, yesterday. That was painful. To Italy. Yeah, that was so that was as long as he can get over that, the heartache, hopefully he can use that as motivation for his own success. We're gonna go with that. Yeah. I like that. Okay. And he's a good golfer too. That helps. But yeah. then I'm gonna go up to uh Tommy Fleetwood again. Already been talked about playing a little bit better of late. He played well. Um, I think he came in second. Was it like I guess it was the last open two years ago when Shane Lowry won yep. over at Royal Point Rush? Yep. So I, I just I think it's time for him. To, I don't think he's going to win, but I think he's going to contend and and have a good weekend. Uh, just a just a again pure solid ball striker hits a little bit more of that lower penetrating cut, uh, which I like. Then I'm going to go to up to Scotty Scheffler. 
Mm. Again, playing well, has played well in windy conditions. Uh, just played. I like the guys that have kind of come over a little earlier too, and kind of got accustomed to the the weather and the time change and that. He finished T twelve at the Scottish Open, a couple of top tens, one at the U.S. Open Memorial. And again, I like his ball flight. He's played some tough golf courses well, so I like Scotty Scheffler there at eighty two hundred, great value. Then I have one of the two winners. Actually, I'm going to call this guy. I'm going to call it right now. I'll call this guy the winner right here. He's going to break through for his first major. $8,900, Patrick Cantlay. I like it. Mm. That could be a good pick right there. I just, he's been playing really well all year. Obviously, he, he, I'll air quotes here for the listeners who can't see me. He won the memorial. Um, <laughs> we, all, we all know John Rahm won the memorial. Yeah. But um, again, he has played well. 15th at the U.S. Open, 13th at the Travelers. Just kind of an assassin. Seems like he doesn't have a pulse when he's out there. Um, ball striker can putt well. Doesn't really have a major weakness in his game. So I, I like can't like especially eighty nine hundred dollars. I, I think he's he's due for that big breakthrough win. And then my man crush. I'm going back to him. I haven't picked him in a while. We just had a long discussion about him. Ten thousand dollars. Xander Shoffley, X man. Sorry, damn it, Alexander Shoffley. Oh. Since he hasn't he won yet, Xander. He, need, he can only be called Xander once he wins a major. He has to win. He has to win at least an event. Give me something. Um, yeah. and we'll call you Xander again. But until then, you're Alexander Shoffley. Ten thousand dollars. I don't know if he's going to win, but he's going to finish the top ten because that's How about what just he Alex. Does. What if he just calls what he Alex. does? It's yeah. even more, you know. That's even that's even more plain. <laughs> that's a slap across the face. Yeah, yeah. But so I just think he plays well, right? He plays well in big events, and he's doesn't have a weakness and he's got an unbelievable game. I just don't know if he can get over the hump and win just yet, but I like him. He's on my squad. Uh, I'm going to beat your asses. And that's what I think. Boom. Shots fired. Shots fired. Pew. Put it this way. I got a better chance of finish against ahead of Jay in this standings than I do in the state open standings. <laughs> so we're going to go with that. We shall see. So we shall see. those are our picks. Again, I'm looking forward to it. Coffee with the British Open. It's awesome. It's a great time. Uh, I love I love brown golf. Give me brown golf. Yes. Hey, man. Yeah, I like that. Right. Give me rugged. Give me tall grass and fescue and heather. Original. And, it's like original. It's like OG yeah. golf. Like, give me the OG golf. Right. The, just these yeah. these perfectly manicured courses. It looks pretty on a postcard or whatever over here in the United States, but they're overwatered. And I don't know. I like you, I like you lose some of the creativity when you, you lose a lot of the creativity. Golf. Yeah. You lose the options. You lose the creativity. I think it's just more fun golf to watch yeah. as well when yeah. guys have a lot of different options versus let's all pound driver. And then we're just going to try to fly it as close to the flags like as possible. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. Uh, that's why I, I love it. I think that's maybe why I like it a little bit more over the U.S. Open because the gouge it out of the rough is boring to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so, you know, Tiger can win a win a British Open, you know, not hitting in a fairway bunker is remarkable or only hitting, you know, at Hoy Lake, he only hit two drivers. That that, that kind of stuff is is fun to me that, that I like to watch. And so looking forward to the weekend. I'll have plenty of time to see it after I miss the cut, stayed open, and we'll uh, we'll have a good weekend. Mikey, you're not going to miss the cut. You're not. Come on. You're going to roll the hell out of it. And you're going to We're great. definitely looking for a recap next week. So, oh, yeah, we'll we'll have a recap on uh, both opens next week. I'm going to give a play by play. 
I'll have I'll have my yards book. I'll have yardages in. And I'll give you wind directions for all my shots. <laughs> That's all you need. That's exactly what everybody wants to hear. Yeah. For yeah. four hours. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jay. How are your three rounds? Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. I know this was kind of a longer episode. I'm gonna try to edit some of the bullshit out of there. And um, we do have a guest lined up here in the near future. And a big episode next week with uh, all the all the coverage from the from the the Open Championship at Royal St George. Cheers! It's like you got to say it a certain way, right? There when you're go. talking about it, the Open Championship. <laughs> I don't know about that smile, Tom. But uh, anyway, so thank you to our listeners: like, subscribe, share, follow, all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll be here same time, same place next week. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Have a good week.